Welcome to the New Kind of Man podcast. This is episode 43. In this episode, we are shaping personal vision with yours truly. This is going to be a great podcast for you. For you, if you are stuck in the monotony of life, if you're just stuck with just your 9 to 5 or your 10 to 6 or your 3 to 11, whatever shift you work, you're just kind of stuck in the rut and you feel like, oh, there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be more than just me going to work and punching the clock and coming home and just going doing chores. There's got to be more. So there is more and I'm going to help you shape a personal vision. Therefore, you can set a goal and you can reach that goal and it's going to be a goal that honors you, that honors God and honors the other people in your circle, in your social circle. So that's what we're after today in shaping personal vision. Many of you, if you've been following along uh, this whole journey of uh, the New Kind of Man podcast, you know that I've made some partnerships along the way. And one of the partnerships that I made along the way was with Carl at the Live Free app and in the Live Free community. And Live Free is a community of men who have decided that they are going to live free from the addiction of pornography. And what I love about this particular app and the community formed around it is it's not weird. It's just guys being guys, but yet It's being real, being authentic, and being honest about their struggles and asking one another for support. We talk about different types of workouts. We talk about books we're reading. We talk about uh, kind of the, the what's going on in individuals' lives, but it all centers around Christlikeness and also freedom from the addiction of pornography. I am proud to be in partnership with Carl at Live Free, and I hope that you would also become a partner at Live Free so you can uh, you can be free from the addiction of pornography, but honestly, so you can just be encouraged as a man. Another partnership that I've made along the way is with Narrative Brand. Narrative Brand is someone who has done all of my branding. They've done my logo work. They've helped me shape the website. As a matter of fact, the the, the last run of hats that I made, he's the one who made those particular logos and helped me to, you know, to get those into production. So, AJ is the person you would talk to at Narrative Brand. He does a fantastic job of helping you tell a better story. So he doesn't twist what you want to do. Instead, he helps you to develop your story and then to put it in some sort of visual printed way, whether it's a logo, whether it's a website, or just your messaging. But he wants to take your message, improve upon your message, tweak it, polish it up, and present it to the world so you can either get clients, you can make a difference in the world, you can finally start that uh, that, that non-for-profit, whatever it is that you want to do. AJ wants to help you. You need to go see my friends at Narrative Brand, and that is narrativebrand.co. You can get connected to both of these partnerships through the websites, and those will be in the show notes. Well, if you have been following along in uh, on Instagram, you know that I am doing the 75 hard. I have 62 days left. I hate to even say that. 62 days left. I'm in day 13, and it certainly hasn't been easy. Uh, I would say yesterday was actually the hardest day that I've had so far. So yesterday was a real struggle. Day 12 was a struggle. It was hard to get motivated to do the things I needed to do. Rest is really an issue. I'm starting to learn uh, just how to, to kind of pace myself because I'm like an all or nothing guy and you can't do that with 75 hard. You'll burn out really quick. So I'm learning to pace myself. Follow along on that journey. If you want to 
jump into 75 hard, here's what I want you to do. I want you to send me an email, chat at banewman.com. I would like to encourage you, maybe some things that I've learned along the way, little tips and helps, maybe articles, some things that have inspired me and helped me, and perhaps they could help you too. This next week is going to be an exciting week around the New Kind of Man podcast. I actually have a recording that I'm going to be laying down with Matt Halleck. He wrote a book called DNA of a Man. We're going to be talking about that. I'll be releasing that podcast in a couple weeks. That's going to be great. Uh, DNA of a Man is, is the name of that book again. And then also, I'm going to sit down with Tim Wright. He has written a few different books, but we're going to discuss a book on ultimately on raising boys. It has to do with masculine initiation and raising boys, particularly boys who are in church, and how churches should be developed Uh, keeping in mind that we have little boys who we want to become mighty men of God. And the book that we're going to be discussing this week is Searching for Tom Sawyer. Great book. I've already read it. Fantastic book. I would recommend that you read it as well. Certainly, if you're a church leader, you need to read Searching for Tom Sawyer. I guarantee you it will inform, greatly inform, uh, your uh, perception on what it means to raise boys in church. And then lastly, I'm actually going to be on the other side of the microphone. I'm being interviewed by Darren Gertis at the Leadership Podcast, and I will put that in the show notes as well. And I don't know when that's going to be released, but if you can, if you want to, you can follow along the Leadership Podcast. You can find that wherever pod, wherever you get your podcast. And Darren and I are going to have a conversation about things that I've learned about leadership through the process of podcasting. So that is going to be a fantastic listen and discussion. Um, And I will reference that again in the show notes. You can jump into that if you so choose. Well, in in starting this podcast, I've had, in being on people's podcasts, I've begun to have a deeper vision to help men to grow and to see significant change um, in people's lives. I've wanted to help inspire people to have change in their life like I've had some change in my life. And so people would tell me over and over, hey, you need to start a podcast. And this is even before I was even listening to podcasts. So I said, what's a podcast? And, and then they said, well, you need to have a podcast because you need to tell your story. You need to inspire other men to help them tell their stories. So that this vision of a new kind of man, it started just as an ember. And then it has then developed into just, I would consider a white hot ball of fire rolling downhill, just gaining steam. And intensity. I'm so glad that you are along for this this ride and this journey of me learning how to podcast. Uh, the vision for me to podcast isn't to puff myself up. I don't need a bigger platform. I want you to be elevated. You are really, you're the heroes of this story, not me. I want you to be heroic. I want you to be great men. I want you to be great fathers. I want you to be great dads. I want you to be great businessmen. I want you to handle your the lady in your life well. I want you to handle your kids well. I want you to handle your money well. I want you to handle your business well. And I want you to honor God in the middle of all of that. And the way that you can do it, the way that I I think that I want to help you and just to, to kind of frame you up for success is to help you shape a personal vision. So there's this ancient proverb, it comes from Proverbs 29, 18, and it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. So where there's no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, the people suffer. There's another translation that says, where there's no revelation, 
the people suffer or perish. So uh, we have to see it. We have to be people of vision, men of vision, to be able to get out of the rut of life. So maybe in the past you haven't been able to find a personal vision. I want this quote to help you while you're in this place of discovery. So Frederick Buechner, he said this, so famously he said this, he said, the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Again, I'll say it again. Frederick Buechner, the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. So if we're going to have a personal vision, one that's going to honor God, it's going to honor ourselves, honor who we're made to be, and also honor uh, the world at large, I think Buechner is onto something so, so important. He's like, the place that God calls you to, this could be the very thing that you're supposed to lean heavily into, invest in, look into, study about, all these things. He says, it's going to be where your deep gladness and where the world's deep hunger meet. I'm going to give you three questions, and then I'm going to give you five reasons, uh, at least five reasons, maybe even more if one comes off the cuff, but uh, five or more reasons why you need a greater vision. So if you're going to develop a personal vision, it comes down to, I think, three questions, and we're going to unpack these a little bit. The first one comes down to is, who are you? This comes down to your talents, your gifts, and your story. So the things that you're good at, the things, if you're good with your hands, there's something there that could be used to benefit the world. It isn't just a matter of making money. You could bring good into the world in other means by using your hands. If you're good with words, if you're good with with artistic expression, there's something there for you using your talents. Also, if you're a Christian, you have spiritual gifts. These spiritual gifts are supposed to be used within the church, but also they can't, they're not just limited to within the church, but also could be used outside of the church. And what's your story? Like what has happened in your life? Where are you and how has God redeemed you from the brokenness of your past? This is your story. God wants to use your story to help other people to have recovery from the trauma of their past. This is ultimately what God is up to. This is the reason why I'm doing the New Kind of Man podcast, why I have a New Kind of Man on Instagram. It is simply because of this. It's because I have had so many victories, so many wins. I've got a long way to go. Don't get me wrong, but I've had a, I've had a lot of, of victories and wins. And through this, it's allowed me to have a vision for a better future. A better future with keeping in mind the healing that has has occurred because I addressed the brokenness of my past, the, my abusive past, the, the abuse that I caused other people, the mistreatment of, of my wife, the mistreatment of girls when I was dating, the, the, honestly, the carelessness of my personality. I'm learning. Man, I'm just such on this pathway to self-discovery as, as God has brought me along. And I want to help other men to have the same. Actually, even, I want them to have even better, truthfully. So talents, gifts, and story. Who are you? So what is your DNA? What's your makeup? Who are you? I also think that when we talk about the four pillars of a new kind of man, rooted in Luke 2.52, that Jesus grinned wisdom and stature and in favor with God and in favor with man, I believe that these four pillars help us in this regard to know who we are. When we, when we grow spiritually, intellectually, relationally, and physically, we, we start to unpack I think God starts to unpack within us who we are, areas we need to grow, and also he offers 
healing for our brokenness if we allow him to do so. So this is this really helps us to know who we are. Who are you? Who are you? So the four pillars, I believe, help us to grow. So the more that we grow spiritually and intellectually and relationally and physically, the more it uncovers who we really are. And God will reveal things about himself as we grow spiritually, and also he will simultaneously reveal things about ourselves. And we need both. If, if we just learn about ourselves but don't learn about God, this is also just a pathway to shame because once the things are uncovered, if we don't have a mechanism, a way of healing it by, by, by God ultimately, what happens is as soon as these things are uncovered, they're brought to light. If they're not healed, there's just a new wound that is, that is formed over. And ultimately, we make because of that wound, there's vows and then there's a false self and it just gets more calloused and hardened and harder to uncover in the future. So who are you? This is why we talk about resilience and mental toughness and dependence on God. I talk about these three things together. Resilience, mental toughness, and dependence on God. This is who you are. So if you're not, if you excuse me, if you're not resilient, that's who you really are. You need to grow in resilience. There are a bunch of different books and a bunch of th- different things that you can do to become resilient. That's one of the reasons why I'm doing 75 hard is not to see if I can do it, is because I want to grow in mental toughness. So what, what am I doing? Now, the, the recommended reading that is a part of 75 Hard, that's not just some, uh, you know, just some random book. These are books to help me develop spiritually. That's what I've really been leaning into more than anything else, is books to help me grow spiritually, and particularly the Bible. So as I jump into those, it's, it is teaching me mental toughness because I'm doing some things that I just simply don't want to do at times. So you become more resilient. There's more mental toughness, but I'm also growing spiritually. And the more that I grow spiritually, the more I grow in my dependence on God. First question, who are you? Second, uh, second, and I guess second question, part A and part B is this, what gets you fired up? What gets you fired up? And what is a righteous thing that you could jump into? This is part A and B. Same question. What gets you fired up? And what is a righteous thing that you could jump into? Particularly something that is good for the world and that's glorifying to God. What, is some, what, what gets you fired up? Is it a lack of courage? Is it being broke? Is it being overweight? Is it because you lack passion for life? Is it because your marriage is going through a rough time? Is it because you're drifting apart from your kids? What gets you fired up? Or maybe it's because you've had healing in your life and and you've been on this journey and now you're healed. And maybe the thing that gets you fired up is the thing that that was uh, causing all of the brokenness all along. I'll tell you one of the things that's not part of my story necessarily, but one of the things that's getting me fired up right now is the sex trafficking trade. And I am, I'm just really praying about and I'm thinking about how can I use my little bit of influence for that cause. That's, that is just so, so uh, burdensome on my heart right now. And it's in my mind is I just can't help but think about those children, particularly the children who are being victimized in sex trafficking. And in child sex trafficking is such a growing phenomenon. And now it's just because of th- some things that have happened in the media and, and things still coming out because of uh, trials and whatnot. Now people are actually seeing the problem that it is, but I cannot get away from this. This is something that gets me fired up. What gets you fired up? 
Is it that you see uh, complacent men in your church? Maybe you're the you're the guy who has to step up and say, I'm going to lead the men's ministry. Maybe you, you feel ill-equipped. You don't even know how to do it. There's enough free resources for you to get just so far out there in this. Is that something that breaks your heart? Maybe it's just men not showing up. Maybe simply it's just men not showing up in their own lives and you know, and not showing up in their homes and not showing up in their communities. Maybe that's burdensome for you and you're like, if men would simply embrace their true masculinity and, and who God made them to be, uh, they they would change. Maybe that means you need to start a podcast. Maybe that needs that. Excuse me. That means that you need to start an Instagram. Maybe that just means that you need to share this podcast or other podcasts that are like mine. You need to share it. You need to put that message out because you get fired up about it. And every time that you hear my podcast or Men in the Arena or another Legacy Dads or you know Dad in the Trenches or just Dad Hackers podcast, all these are friends of mine. It's like. If you get any of these, any of these people, uh, you're listening to them. You just get fired up. You're like, "Yes, this this must be this must be so. This has to change in the world." Maybe that means that you're supposed to bring about some change in your world. Maybe you're simply supposed to partner with everybody else because what's getting you fired up is the very thing that you need to step into. And maybe that's where you need to lean into your personal vision. Another question is this: What about your world is broken and needs fixed? You see, this means um, that maybe the very pain that you are going through in life right now, maybe it's because you lack vision and you're enduring pain. And I, I want you to be encouraged with this. Oftentimes, vision is born out of adversity. And pain often precedes vision and purpose. It just does. I've seen it over and over and over. It was true in my life and so many guys that I'm around. It's just so true. Vision is oftentimes born out of adversity and pain often precedes vision and purpose. So what is the thing that's broken in your world? What needs fixed? Maybe that thing simply needs to be addressed. Maybe you need to create a personal vision around that. You need to set some goals around that. You need to tackle that thing. And when you tackle that thing, then you can get the help you need. You can go out and you can be the person you're supposed to be. You can maybe ask for uh, somebody else to come along. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's a, a business model that you have that you have in your mind that you're just simply not doing. You have the vision for it, but you're not putting it in to practice. You must put these things into practice. This could be so vast, and I could spend so much time on this, but I, and I regretfully won't be able to. But what about your world is broken and what needs fixed? That thing could be the very thing that needs fresh vision. And, and again, as, as Buechner said, the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. And where there is no vision, the people perish. There's too much at risk for you not to develop a personal vision, not to, to ask yourself these questions. Who am I? What gets me fired up? What is a righteous thing I can jump into? And what about my world is broken and needs fixed? All of these things then will help you to shape a personal vision. This becomes your why. And you have, just as Simon Sinek so rightly said in his TED Talk, which is an amazing thing, but also in his book, which was equally good, it starts with why. 
your why. Vision starts with why. And your vision oftentimes is born out of adversity. This creates your why. The pain often precedes vision and purpose, and that creates your why. So we're going to dig into some reasons why you need a deeper and greater vision next. Hey guys, I just want to pause for a minute and just honestly ask you a favor. I was wondering if you would be able to go into your podcast player and just give me a rating and review. So at the end of this podcast, just pause for a second. Just give me a rating and review. It would help get the message out and it helps with the algorithm and boost this up so other people can find the podcast. And also, if you'd be so kind, if you would actually share this on your Instagram story, this would be great. Or also on Facebook. So you can just take the link. Uh, It's really easy to find. A lot of times in your podcast player, there would be a dot or like three dots right near, uh, right where you get the podcast within the player, and it'll give you a share option. You can share this through Facebook or Instagram. Um, Also LinkedIn, I think. I'm actually very active on LinkedIn, so you'd be able to connect with people and me there as well. But if you would be so kind just to help get the word out, that would be great. Uh, One of the ways that you can say thank you, really the best way you can say thank you is by sharing it. One of the ways that we can give each other a digital high five and saying, hey, this podcast helped is by you helping another man. Thanks. All right, guys. So now I want to give you six reasons why you need greater vision. So based off of those questions from earlier, that's going to help you shape your personal vision. And now I want you to have these six reasons why you need a greater vision. So now I'm trying to inspire you to actually do the work from the first three questions. The first reason why is because vision keeps you moving forward. And what this really helps you with is there's no time for regrets or mistakes. You just keep moving forward. It keeps your eyes forward. And this is front sight focus. I believe that's what uh, some of the Navy SEALs call it. It's front sight focus. It keeps you moving forward. That's what vision does. It allows you to see the future, really, and then pursue that, that future, whatever that preferred future is, and to see it and pursue it. And it keeps you moving forward. As soon as you put your head down, as soon as you, you, you kind of look at the monotony, as soon as we become overwhelmed with what's going on in our world right now, we slow down. So I want us to be moving, but to be moving forward toward a vision. So you cast a vision based off those three questions. So the the three questions, again, are uh, who am I uh, or who are you? Uh, What gets me or what gets you fired up? What's a righteous thing that you can jump into? It's kind of part A and part B. And then also, what about your world is broken and needs fixed? So when you shape a vision based off of that, what it does is then you're, you can move forward because then you're saying, ah, that's what I want to accomplish. That's who I want to be. That's the goal I want to set. So it allows you to move forward. The second thing it allows us to do is vision spurs hope. And we all need hope. Everything going on right now with all the, the, the racial unrest and the civil unrest and the cities burning and COVID-19 and all the political drama unfolding, we need hope. And let me tell you, vision spurs hope because vision envisions a brighter future. I'll say it again, vision envisions. It allows you to see a brighter future. And I want to tell you this, not only for you as a man, but also your family and friends need hope. Your family, your wife, your kids, they need hope as well. So vision spurs hope. It allows you to see a future beyond your current reality. 
And what I really like about really like about vision is it's not just some way of saying, oh, well, you know, you're just a ten, you know thirty thousand feet where you're avoiding reality. No, you live your life, you do that, but yet at the same time, you're moving toward a goal. You're moving toward a vision because vision keeps you moving forward, and vision spurs hope. Helen Keller said this: the most pathetic person in the world is someone who has sight but no vision. Let me give you a little bit of Helen Keller's bio because this is a a bit from history and some of you weren't paying attention on that day in history class. And quite frankly, some of you don't even like history, but this is history worth repeating. Helen Keller lost her sight and hearing at just 19 months. And a little later in life, her family thought that she had to, that she, you know, must be institutionalized. She was a little, I'm not going to say crazy, but she was just a little unruly a little frustrated, and they literally contemplated, her family contemplated institutionalizing her. They didn't know what to do. She was an incredible woman, and she was the first deaf and blind person to receive a bachelor's degree. And throughout her life, Keller devoted her energies to humanitarian pursuits, advocating for economic justice and the rights of women and of people with disabilities. She heard, she asserted this. She says, to feel at home, she wants people to feel at home in a great world. And through her eloquence and tireless activism, she fought for that same right on behalf of all people. Again, to feel at home in a great world. That that was her vision, to feel at home in a great world. So she looked at those who were neglected. She looked at those who had no sight or hearing or they were impaired in some way. And she uh, crafted a vision. Her life vision was based around those people, and she fought for those people. And quite frankly, the reason why that she is remembered so fondly through history is because the very pain that she had in her life was the thing that that was not healed in a physical sense, but in, in many other ways, she worked around it and she worked through it. And yet she says the most pathetic person in the world is someone who has sight but no vision. She was a person of vision and used the, the healing of her pain that she endured her life through to help other people because pain or adversity oftentimes births vision. And it's been said this as well, vision is a picture of the future that produces passion. This is another reason why vision spurs hope, because it produces passion. When you hear a charismatic leader and they paint a picture of a better future, or maybe it's your pastor, or maybe it's just it's just your dad, or maybe it's your mom, somebody in, in, in your circle who just inspires you because they just paint a picture of something that must be so, and it needs to be so, and they paint a, a vision of a brighter future. And all of a sudden, what happens is there's, there's energy that starts to stir around, there's passion that starts to stir around that. Because, as it was said, vision is a picture of a future that produces passion. So, And part of that passion is hope. Hope. You need hope. You need some goal setting. You need a vision. You need a goal uh, to, uh, and a vision and a goal and a purpose in your life. If you're overweight and maybe you're struggling with that, you need to set a vision, a purpose to say, I need to lose X amount of pounds or I want to be healthier. I want my marriage to be right. I want the, my community be, to be right. I want my kids to be right. I want my, my country to be right. Whatever the thing is, like uh, maybe it's a, a, a social issue that you see that it just nags at you like it. Like uh, the child sex trafficking he does for me. Uh, maybe for you, that's the thing that you need to see a brighter future. You need to share that with someone else to help produce passion in them. 
as well. So the first thing was vision keeps you moving forward. Second one, vision spurs hope. Third one is this, vision allows alignment. What's important about this is it allows alignment both per, both personally and professionally. And Henry David Thoreau said, in the long run, men hit only what they aim at. That is so, so true. They hit only what they aim at. So if we if we cast a vision, if we see something that must be so, and we work toward a personal vision, and we shape that personal vision based off who we are and the brokenness we see in the world and how we're made, what happens is it allows alignment because then you see that that's the goal, and then automatically things either fit into reaching that goal or they don't. And if they don't fit into reaching that goal, you simply don't have to pursue them. A lot of times, I think that guys flounder, as I flounder so many times in my life myself, is because I see all these different things that I have to do, and maybe I think that I feel the burden to do all of them at the same time. When you create and cast a personal vision, what you do is you say, no, this is the, right now, this is the most important thing. I'm going to pursue this. And this allows alignment. So everything is then aligned toward reaching that vision and the purpose and that goal that 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 you uh, were created to maybe to to reach or to do, and I think part of this vision and alignment is this. This also is your unique offering as a man. We live in a day and age where people are so bent on being specialists, and yet many of us feel insecure or inadequate because we're generalists. I want to encourage you with this: being a generalist is great. Because you can be pretty good at a bunch of different things. You, you may never be that guy who's known as being the, the creator or the founder or whatever, and that's fine. You just have to be okay with that. Instead, what you can be is you can be more well-rounded. This is going to actually help you in the business world. It can help you at home. You're going to be able to connect and empathize and to be able to share and to get more business contacts by simply being, being the type of person who is, is a generalist. That way you can connect in a bunch of different ways. This becomes your unique offering as a man. And that still means you can have vision. And now this this works in with your alignment. Your unique offering as a man is, again, how you are aligned personally to pursue that vision. You can ask the question, well, what am I good at? Who am I around that could who could help me pursue that vision? So that, that's an, these are some important questions to help us to, to get this alignment of our vision. So what am I good at? Who am I around that could help me pursue this vision? And here's another question. Is there anyone else already working in this area that I could simply partner with? One of the most inspirational and yet challenging and yet frustrating all at the same time books that I've read recently is a book called Rocket Fuel. And that, that book is really unpacking this reality of two different types of leaders and it's the visionary leader, of which I fall under, and also the integrator, and that type of leader. And what they talk about in Rocket Fuel, and, and the Rocket Fuel idea itself, is, is when the visionary and the integrator come together. You may be the visionary, and you're casting a vision. It doesn't mean that you're going to pursue that all by yourself. You may need to have somebody who helps you to align your your idea, your burden, your gifts, all these things to help you align those and to put those into motion. I, I'm this guy. I, I, I cannot operate as both the visionary and the integrator. I flounder when I'm put in a situation to be the integrator, the one who has to actually 
put all the nuts and bolts of the vision together. Maybe you're an integrator. Uh, contact me. If you're an integrator, chat at panewman.com. I need you. I need you. Uh, the new kind of man movement needs you, right? I I'm being honest. So I, I need an integrator. I constantly am looking for integrators to help me kind of walk this vision out because I'm a person of vision. And I need someone to help me and you need somebody to help you to be aligned to your vision. We all do. I would recommend this. Uh, Tom Rath wrote a really good book called Strength Finders 2.0. I read that last year. Great book and helped me kind help to help me kind of understand my strengths, but also to live in my strengths and not to lean too heavily into my weaknesses. That is uh, something that I've been pursuing. Here's another one for you, uh, followers of Jesus. I, I believe that you need to do the fivefold survey. So if you go to www.fivefoldsurvey.com, you will then be able to see how you're wired spiritually with. Uh, a fivefold ministry idea. So there's five different ways that that we can uh, understand ourselves and also to be utilized not only in the church but also just understand our personality and how we're shaped. I also believe that you need to take an enneagram test. I'm actually trying to get someone right now. I'm trying to get someone who is a master of the enneagram to help us because the enneagram has helped me immensely. I'm a, I'm an enneagram. One, so that is known as the perfectionist. That is the flaw. The deep flaw of my personality is the perfectionist. And it's also known as the, the positive side is the reformer. So I love to reform things, to make things better, to make things new. That's the, the visionary side of it. But when you take the fivefold survey, this also, I've seen so much alignment in with the Enneagram uh, assessments as well. And I'll put a link for both of those in the show notes. And I will boil all this down to the, the third kind of uh, takeaway here about vision allows alignment is this. That means you don't have to run somebody else's race. That you are running yours. That when you are operating under your personal vision, you can do so in the way that you are wired. And you don't have to run somebody else's race. You can do it. Yourself. So I'm going to give you three different things I think that would help you with this alignment idea. If if there's a vision, if there's something that's formulating in your mind right now or in the future, I think that you need to do three different things. And I didn't come up with these three things. Sadly, I don't know who did. I found it somewhere in my study of all this. But uh, they're not really profound, but they're really helpful. So it's this. So I want you to date it. I want you to date, hey, this is the, uh, you know, this is the vision that, that I have, and I want you to put a date in the future where you want to see that vision come to reality. I want you to date it. I, I want you to date it. I want you to date the back end, um, and I also I want you to, to date the front end. So I want you to date it. it was, on this day is when the vision was birthed, of when I decided that I was going to do this thing. So date it. Also detail it. Be as detailed as you possibly can. Unpack what it what it would look like. What even what you know, the skills that you may need to to accomplish that vision, the uh, the the different type of resources that you need to accomplish that vision. So detail it and also deadline it. Deadline it. Put deadlines along the way. So if it's a if you're casting a vision to say you want to become healthy and you you've determined that you want to be healthy and lose twenty five pounds for instance, and that's your idea of the, your personal vision, then what you do is you create deadlines along the way and say, okay, here's what I want to do. I want to work out this many times 
in a given week. I want to be able to chart my meals on a daily basis or, or every other day or, or something like that. Or I want to use an app to help me along the way. Or I want to, I want to lose X amount of pounds along the way. There's 25 total and I put a deadline on the back end, but also maybe a little intermediate goals to say, I want to lose five pounds in two weeks, or I want to lose 10 pounds in, in three weeks or whatever the case may be. So datum, detail it and deadline it. The fourth element here, just to help you um, and inspire, really inspire you and reasons why you need a greater vision. The fourth one is this. Vision gives you a map, not a GPS. So several years ago, this was before we even had apps on our phones, before uh, Google Maps, I could have that on my phone. Many years ago, my wife and I bought a GPS. It was a type of GPS that just you know, attaches to your dash. And this was one of the earlier versions of a GPS. So my wife and I are on an anniversary getaway, and I can't remember the year. But we're up in South Carolina. We're just kind of out in the middle of nowhere, just enjoying it. We were enjoying the mountains. We were on the, uh, on the western side of South Carolina, the southwestern side. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And so we're driving along, and I have a long history of not trusting GPSs anyway or things like that. But we had the GPS plugged in, and the GPS was telling us uh, where it wanted us to go. And I looked up, and I saw this sign, and it was the city we were going to. We were actually going to a barbecue festival because who doesn't love good barbecue and brisket? So we were going to a barbecue festival in South Carolina just, just on this wild drive. And yet there was a sign that it was saying straight ahead was the city you're supposed to go. Well, the GPS said turn right, and I... I Again, skeptical of GPS, and I reluctantly turn right. My wife wanted me to turn right. I turn right. So then the GPS is just getting all squirrely, and it just says turn right, and then it says turn left. And then what it does is now we're like in the, on some back road, and it tells us to turn left. And literally, if I were to turn left, I would have driven uh, right next to a pond on a dirt road into some pine trees, like to go to nowhere. There was no road there, but yet the GPS said, hey, that was the shortest way. What happens for us when we cast vision, it's not like a GPS. It's not always, well, this is going to happen and this is going to happen and turn left and turn right and turn left and turn right. No, when you have a personal vision, it takes into account, it's more like it gives you a map. It allows you to see, okay, this is really what's going on. I can have a laser focus on this thing that I'm pursuing, but yet, I can see ever I can see other things around it. So it's not like a GPS. It's not like just put your head down and follow the next thing. No, no, no. It's more like giving you a greater view to see what the possibilities could be as you pursue that vision. So I want to inspire you with that. That vision gives you a map. It's not like a GPS. So for us, I think that's what we need. We need a map. We need ultimately a map to manhood. We need a, a map to to masculinity we need a map to know how to be a better man and we don't need a gps because we we would just numbingly listen to this voice telling us what it is that we need to do and turn left turn right turn around or whatever the case may be instead it gives us a map of saying no 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 this is who you are this is who you're shaped to be and it takes into account uh, the different things that are going on in the world for you to be active and productive and to be well informed the fifth Takeaway is this, vision overcomes obstacles and distractions. Vision overcomes obstacles and distractions. So we don't have to get so bogged down into the details and the monotony of life. Instead, 
Vision allows us to overcome obstacles and distractions. The great thing about vision is this. Um, it, in allowing us to overcome obstacles and distractions, it still allows us to see the goal. And yet, it doesn't mean that we are, are just going to always have a go around these obstacles and distractions. Instead, when we actually see the vision, we realize that the obstacles and distractions are valuable points along the way. A few years ago, my son and I were on a hiking trip up in North Georgia. Love North Georgia. Love the, love the Appalachian Trail. And we got on this particular area of the Appalachian Trail where we had the vantage point of it was the, the tallest mountain that we were going to go to on, or go over on this particular hike. And it was just a short hike. But we could stop and look at this vantage point and we could see the climb that was in front of us. You see, that was the vision. The vision was that we were going to go up and over this mountain. That was the vision for us on this hike. That's what we really wanted to accomplish. And we wanted to, to feel a sense of, you know, of just accomplishment. And we did. And yet what, what we did was we're at a lower altitude looking at a higher altitude and we're looking at the summit or close to the summit of this mountain that we knew we had to climb. It allowed us to see that. The vision allowed us to see that, but yet we still had to walk the trail to go from that point up and over that mountain. We didn't have a go around. There was, you know, we, we weren't going to take a helicopter. There, there was no easy way. But yet, what it allowed us to do is to overcome those obstacles and distractions. That way, we knew that the payoff was right there. So when the climb got hard, we knew what that, we had a vision of what that looked like. We knew that, that, that it was going to be spectacular once we got there. Vision overcomes obstacles and distractions. It allows us to not get bogged down in those obstacles and distractions, but instead it gives us the hope, it gives us the courage, it gives us the direction, and it gives us truthfully the energy, the, excuse me, the energy to, to get over those things and then continue pursuing that vision. And the last point I would make is this. Vision is worth defending. Vision is worth defending. If a personal vision is birthed out of who you are and what gets you fired up and a righteous thing that you can jump into, recognizing something that in your world is broken and needs fixed, those are important things. These are life-altering things. Things that will alter your life and perhaps things that God wants to use to alter other people's lives. Maybe the very thing that has brought you hope is supposed to be rendered out to give somebody else hope. Maybe the very thing that brought you healing is supposed to be something that offers healing for someone else. So, it's worth defending, gentlemen. It's valuable. It's the core to who you are. It's who you are. It's what gets you fired up. It's the very thing that gnaws on you, that you know about the world that needs to change and perhaps is the thing that God wants you to change. This is how you shape personal vision. It's rooted off of who you are and what gets you fired up and what's a righteous thing that you can jump into. And then recognizing, ask the question, what in my world is broken and needs fixed? We can rally around these, these three ideas about how to shape a personal vision. I've tried to inspire you with six other reasons why vision is important. My hope is that you would and that you would win, that you'd become 
the best version of yourself that you possibly could become. And I know that the way that you're going to do that is by pursuing personal vision. Also in the show notes, because I can't say everything in this form, in the show notes, what I'm also going to do is I'm going to give you a, a website and you can follow along on, on this website on here's seven tips to write your personal vision. So I may do a podcast later about this, but for now, I will just put this uh, this web address of something that I think would be valuable for you to practically write down your personal vision and then that you can work out all these principles that we've talked about so you can use your unique offering to the world. Thanks for listening to the New Kind of Man podcast. You've been given some good manly encouragement and now it's your turn. If you found today's content helpful, go tell a friend and please leave us a review. Also, consider hitting that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now it's time for all of us to do what Theodore Roosevelt said. Create. Act. Get action. Do things. Be sane. Don't fritter away your time. Take a place wherever you are and be somebody. Get action.